This podcast is brought to you with limited interruption by Rudy Luther Toyota. Whether looking for an exciting brand new Toyota, a certified pre-owned vehicle, or getting quality routine maintenance and service for your vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota is the place to go. Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Broadcasting live on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and at night on WCPT 820 Chicago's Progressive Talk. It is the Matt McNeil Show. Back from the holidays. Good to have you with us today. 952-946-6205. Jeff Stein joins us here with a, our Wednesday visit with him on politics. Coming up in just a little bit. Uh, Brett here today. Brett, did you have a nice holiday? I did have a good holiday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, I, fantastic for me. Enjoyed it. Although I had a very strange thing. I had allergies. Now, I did test. No, no, no to the COVID. Not uh, I did not get the COVID. Um, one of my uh, daughter's friend's dad did, and his family did. All my best to them. Um, but you know, and and you know, we we she's taken a few tests, and she's still COVID free. But I had allergies. We had Christmas Eve, Christmas Day up in the Twin Cities here. It was 54. I mean, it was ungodly hot for this time of year. It was hot. And I actually wore shorts on Christmas Eve, which was really kind of funny. Uh, and, and my legs are pasty white. Just, you know, if we don't have snow for the holidays, there you go. You're welcome, neighborhood. So we uh, it was warm and something popped something did i don't generally get really bad allergies but i had like 4 days of just just delightful does it look does it look bad oh just thank you no thank you for that uh i no matter what you did i hope you had a good time i did have a funny experience I don't know if this has happened to you, but I had a funny experience. I go to the grocery store. This is right before Christmas. I think it was actually the 23rd. I go to the grocery store, and it's it's just overwhelmed. It's pure freaking chaos. That you know, you, kind of days where you look at go past like the dairy aisle, and there's just like two guys frantically ripping open boxes and just chucking stuff on shelves. Boxes flying anywhere, and, and you know it's it's wall to wall cars carts going up and down the aisle and I just had to pick up a few things I had to pick up some fruit and yeah you can figure that one out so I had to pick up some fruit uh before the holiday and I'm in line and I'm like oh okay and I'm at the the I, I just I decided to avoid the the man checkout lines because every one of them was a what was backed up and the reason why is because the self-checkout which is now they, they've gotten us to do the job for them all right, no, no discount or anything. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just, yeah, okay, I guess so. And bag it myself too. Okay, fine. I go through, and it was what twelve items or less. Well, one of my items was a bag of oranges. One was a bag of apples. You put it on the scale. I don't individually scan the oranges. I don't individually scan the apples. It's a bag of apples, a bag of oranges. I got yelled at, yelled at by the grocery store people because I apparently was over. I was like, wait a second here. I mean, it's just one bag of oranges. Sir, you have more than the 12 items requested. Next time, could you please? 
it's 12, it's, it's one bag of oranges. I push in one number and it's done. Apparently, that's the rebel rouser that I am. That was the chaos I got into during the holidays. Controversy at the self-checkout line. Those things can be frustrating. As you said, we're doing their jobs for them as a lot of them just sit there and kind of stare at you. As you And I get it. It, it is pure <laughs> chaos. It's, it's Sodom and Gomorrah, Lord of the Flies. It is just madness in grocery storm form. I get that. That's why I, I just I kept repeatedly saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I hit the door. But I'm like, okay, you want to get mad at me, you're going to get mad at me. And I think that's what it is. I mean, it just, they, they were, you know, it's, it was a bad day for them. And all, you know, to, to all the people that worked in, you know, on retail and the holidays, you work over the days themselves. It's tough. I get it. They were looking for something to get upset about. But man, now you're getting nitpicky. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. So welcome to 2024. 2024. Which, for God's sakes, you better be paying attention this year. No one sits out. No one says, I'm going, maybe I'll be paid. No, we all participate. We all participate. Trust me, I'm going to be a litany this year, starting in just a few minutes, of story after story after story where anyone with a brain in their noggin be like, well, I'm sure not going to vote for Trump, or I'm not going to sit this election out. By the way, there is already major campaigns for college kids right now saying the democratic party's failed us. So sit out this election and send a message. Yeah. Send a message. You're freaking idiots. That's what the message you're sending. Dear Lord, you're playing right into Trump's hands again. Cause that's how it got. They had to have a lot of people sit out back in uh, 2016 for him to win. And they did. But before I get to that, uh, let's, let's just say that this year is already starting off pretty stupid. Now, when I say stupid, I mean Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers, the former Green Bay Packer quarterback, current New York Jets IR, you know, punch card holder. <laughs> it's cold, man. But, dude, that was just, I just, here he comes. He's going to lead the Jets to, oh, my God. Okay. Air vacuuming him off the field. All right. There is something, okay, apparently he has a beef with Jimmy Kimmel, and I'll get into this in a second. Yes, that Jimmy Kimmel, late night host, who I find to be very funny. I prefer Colbert personally, but I would say, you know, on, on the daily late night talk show hosts, I would say Colbert, Kimmel, Myers, and Fallon. Those would be how I'd, I'd, I'd rank them. No, I'm not even going to talk about the dunterhead that's over on on. Fox, no, Gutfeld, gut check. Um, so uh, I'm going to just read this story because this thing started evolving yesterday, and there comes a point where you just have to say to yourself, "Okay, how stupid is Aaron Rodgers?" And it apparently seems to be pretty stupid. Jimmy Kimmel has threatened legal action against New York Jets quarterback. Eh. Uh, you know, can you really call him a quarterback? Never mind. Aaron Rodgers for suggesting the late night host flew on a private jet belonging to late and disgraced fi uh, financier Jeffrey Epstein. Rodgers made the remarks as new information from a lawsuit against Jaslene uh, 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 Maxwell is set to be released. Court documents from 2015 due to an unsealing this week were thought to contain further details about Epstein's high profile connections. 
Kimmel denied any association with Epstein, adding he would take Rogers to court if the allegations were repeated. However, the bogus copy of the flight log shared shortly after another football player attempted to add credibility to the claim. Um, and yes, it, it, there's a Green Bay Packer involved. And yes, he's pretty stupid, too. A post on X, formerly uh, Twitter, on January 2nd by a sports account, MLF Football, included a screenshot of a post by David uh, uh, Bakatari. Is that who it is? It's the tackle for the Green Bay Packers. Bakatari, does that sound right? Yeah, the name rings a bell. Bakatari. Yeah, he rings a bell because he has his bell rung, apparently. It included what to be a copy of an Epstein flight log with the word IMML, I-M-M-E-L, following redacted text, which is, I don't understand, know if you understand how redacted text works, generally leaving that much of the name exposed isn't redacted. But that should have been your first clue to this guy, David uh, Bakhtari, Tiari, Bakhtiari, that it should have been his first clue that maybe this wasn't legitimate. And there, and it seems like this started with him, that he made this post accusing Jimmy Kimmel of being on Epstein's flights. And uh, and it should be noted, I mean, the, the people that have done the research on this, it seems to point to the only place this was being shared before he shared this on Twitter is like in the 4chan in these kind of really dark web areas. So he's the one that brought it to light. Um, the beef goes back when Kimmel made fun of Rogers for not taking the vaccine. So David tells, uh, tell, um, said, tell me you're on the Jeffrey Epstein client list without telling me you're on the Jeffrey Epstein client list, which is a very clear accusation against Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, the post by Bakhtiari is an edited copy of the Epstein flight logs obtained from the now-defunct news site Gawker in 2015. These do not contain the word Immel in the entry provided, that, or nor does it appear anywhere else in the document. No information elsewhere suggests Kimmel associated with or knew Jeffrey Epstein as per Kimmel's statement responding to Aaron Rodgers. Um, Kimmel took to Twitter after Rogers appeared on the Pat McAfee show, mentioning the chat show host's name while discussing and unsealing a new court document related to Epstein. This is Kimmel's response. Dear blank, for the record, I have not met, flown, or visited, or had any contact whatsoever with Epstein, nor will you find my name on any list other than the clearly phony nonsense that soft-brained wackos like yourself can't seem to distinguish from reality. Your reckless words put my family in danger. Keep it up, and we'll debate the facts further in court. And then he tags Aaron Rodgers, who is an idiot. What's unclear is where the original edited image came from. Versions of it have been shared in forums like Reddit and 4chan, but not before Bakhtari shared the image. Reverse image searches for the fake flight log did not provide any results before Bakhtari's tweet January 1st. And they've contacted, Newsweek did contact the Green Bay Packers. And, of course, I imagine they're loving this. <laughs> he did what now? Oh, for goodness sakes. Um, and, and, you know, I, it, it is once again false. Now, there have been some people who, and by the way, Pat McAfee, very quickly today, you know, in the realm of, oh, for goodness sakes, please don't sue us, 
came on out and apologized for that being part of his show. He's like, we didn't, by no means are we making any accusations. We want to apologize if that's what came across. We, we, we do not condone Aaron Rodgers' comments. That's what Aaron Rodgers said. My guess is Aaron Rodgers' agent, lawyers, the team lawyers, have gotten in touch with him and Bakhtari and said, are you too stupid to live? Because quite literally, there's a huge difference. And there are people out there who are saying, well, Jimmy Kimmel takes him down all the time. Okay, there's one thing calling, well, I, I think you're pretty bad, to, oh, you're a close friend with the most notorious child sex ring operator in the history of the planet. That's, that's a pretty strong allegation. And by the way... As much as Aaron Rodgers and Bakhtari trying to try to act as if this is, oh, well, they really didn't say it. Yeah, you kind of did. And if I was Jimmy Kimmel, I guarantee you the next thing you would be getting is a summons for a court case, which you would not win. So far, you have not heard any apologies, but, you know, my guess is that's coming. We'll take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show. It's the Matt McNeil Show on your Wednesday. Good to be back with you, and happy 2024 to everyone out there. It just gets dumber, by the way. It is, it's, 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 they're coming fast and furious. How about this one? Former Texas Congresswoman and current GOP candidate Myra Flores is the target of mockery after she made a social media post of food she said she had cooked and was quickly revealed to have been taken from a promotional Facebook page back in 2022. Uh, have you ever had that happen to you where you have someone, you know, who could not cook if their life depended on it. And all of a sudden they're standing in front of here's our food at the dining room table. Now in that case, it's food still it's at their house, but it's, it's, it's been catered in some capacity, whether that's one of those high-end grocery stores or a restaurant and you go in there and you buy the the turkey and you buy the sides and you buy all this stuff and you know it, it very you know misdoubt fire where all the the to-go cups are in the back room you know that sort of thing and they 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 put it out there and they pose it and here, just whip this up <laughs> just had this delivered thanks doordash you know i i've had friends do that and like I said, I, I it, it's funny because I'll have my wife and I'm like, okay, I know that person can't cook. I've been to their house. That was the woman that basically she forgot it was she was supposed to put sugar in the whipped cream and she put salt. And yeah, not nearly the flavor sensation you think it would be. But it didn't stop her from serving it. It did not stop her from serving the salty whipped cream. Delicious. Big old dollop too, right on my Sunday. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that's different though. That's you know, that's the that's the 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 person who's trying to pretend that they can cook. This is this is a little bit different. Flores posted the photo with the caption, The ranch life with family is the best. In the comments, she was asked to clarify what kind of food she was cooking, to which she said it was the popular Mexican dish, gorditas de masa. Mmm, sounds delicious. Unfortunately, it wasn't even the right continent. 
The internet sleuths discovered that the photo didn't even come close to representing Mexican food. That's what must have clued some people off. It's like, okay, that's not gorditas de masa. Uh, it, it originated from a Facebook page dedicated to uh, Guyanese cooking from uh, Guyan. Uh, yeah, not, not Mexican. That'd be Africa. Not something rustled up by Flores as she clearly wanted her social media followers to believe. Some of the responses. Trying to convince people that she's living the high life and making dinner over an open fire on the ranch. The problem is this picture was stolen from uh, a Facebook page. Why would you lie, Myra? After Roll got out, the photo was not taken by Flores. She immediately locked down her Twitter account and changed the handle from Myra Flores slash Texas to Myra Flores, the number four Texas. That should tell you something about what's coming next. The photo now appears to have been deleted. According to a report from Current Revolt, apparently, though, as they did a search of her, the history of her site, numerous times has she shared pictures, which actually ended up being pictures from somebody else. Every time a Republican, I know a Republican who could have ever guessed a Republican out there trying to, I'm doing wholesome Guyanese Mexican cooking. Mm, Boy, who doesn't love that combo? It it does look, by the way, the the image she does share does look delicious. I think we need some more Guyanese restaurants here uh, in the upper Midwest. I think that would be a a, a win-win all around, but... Apparently, every food picture, and she's posted a lot. Not once. Not once. Like I said, the posing in the kitchen. Posing in the kitchen with the, with the, with the, just whip this up. Did you? Or did you have it delivered? And it's fine. By the way, can I just say this? That's perfectly fine. Some of that stuff is delicious. Have you ever had like a, I, I went over to a friend's house. He basically did that. It was fantastic. I was like, wow, man, why am I cooking it? You know, it, 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 it's it's not that it's bad or inferior. It's just don't lie about it. Oh, it's good food. But yeah, it's, it's a, uh, the first sign of guilt, though, is I, I love the changing your Twitter handle. No one's going to figure that out. <laughs> well, I guess it was somebody else. Never mind. Oh, speaking of Republicans who are idiots, once again, God, this has been this has just been a, car, a cavalcade of excitement to begin the new year. Former Kentucky clerk who refers to, refused to issue a marriage license to same-sex couples has now been ordered to pay $260,000 to cover the legal costs of a couple who she denied nearly 10 years ago. Federal judge on Thursday ordered the Rowan County clerk, Kim Davis, I want to speak to your manager, to fork over the six-digit figure, which is in addition to the $100,000 award the jury ordered to pay up for a couple in September. I can tell you what right now, I know that they... okay. I have zero doubt Kim Davis and her family, which looks like a, a really bad Duck Dynasty spinoff. They, I guarantee you all this money that they got, all these donations, like, they have probably spent every dime. And so now all of a sudden they've got a $360,000 bill, the $100,000 they owe the couple for denying them the marriage, and $260,000 to cover the legal costs for, that, that, for, for them. I'm going to guess, how long till we get another Kim Davis? I need help. They're trying to hold me accountable for my actions. I'm like Aaron Rodgers. I should be able to accuse anyone of anything in the world I want to without any consequences. 
Uh, the new award issued by U.S. District Judge Daniel Bruning will cover $246,026.40 in attorney, 40 cents really, in attorney's fees and $14,058.30 in expenses that David Emeril and David Moore reported racking up their lawsuit against Davis. Burning says she interviewed the attorney's detailed time records, considered, uh, considered rates of inflation before approving the award. Given the nature of this case and the lengthy procedural history, the court finds the court exp uh, the hours expanded to be reasonable. Liberty Council, by the way, seriously, if that's your law for firm, yeah. Patriot Law, Liberty Council. The conservative Christian organization that represented Davis, great job, by the way, said it will appeal the September verdict, a.k.a. let's get more bills for her to have to pay, against her to the U.S. Supreme Court. I'm sure they're just, just scrambling to take this case right up. Following the latest ruling, that court previously declined to hear a case from Davis's lawyers in the case in 2020. Davis is not liable for any damages because she was entitled to a religious accommodation from ensuing marriage license under her name and authority that conflicted with her religious beliefs. And actually, no, that's not what happened. She basically said you couldn't have it. And no one else in the office had the authority. You had a responsibility. If you didn't want to you know, do some of the job requirements of the office that you willingly took then that is on you that is why you're 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 doomed and dumb and broke and all these good but i'm sure liberty council is going to be right there we would like to bring the randy macho man savage defense to to the, to the supreme court oh yeah the judge ruling follows davis denying the couple's marriage license in 2015 oh I love watching these people get punished one way or another. Speaking of punishing you, good news, Jeff Stein. He'll be joining us in just a moment. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on your Wednesday. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Jeff, 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 Jeff. J-E-F-F, -F, Jeff. J-E-F-F, -F, Jeff. Jeff Steins, our national and presidential expert, noted author. Find his books fantastic for your late New Year's Eve giving uh, over at your favorite book retailer and totallyiowa.com. The Iowa Business Report, the Iowa Politics Report come to us from KXEL, Cedar Falls, Waterloo, where he is joining us right now on WCPT 820 Chicago's Progressive Talk and AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. Hi, Jeff. You know, I almost forgot to come into the studio today. Why? Until until I consulted my AM950 calendar and yeah. I saw that we were scheduled for today. And so here I am. And by the way, if you're in Chicago, you want you need a calendar, have I got a hoot for you. Go over to am950radio.com. You can find out how you can get as a thank you uh, for sponsoring AM950 Radio. You can find out how you can get that calendar. So, uh, given the fact, by the way, uh -huh. I'm going to promote the calendar. When I follow you on the socials, yes, I swear there are no photos posted unless you're in them. You are like the king of Twin Cities selfies. Oh, but I, the calendar <laughs> is completely devoid. There's one <sighs> photo of you on the credits page. Yeah, my mugshot, yeah. That, other than that, thank God, we have beautiful photos that you have taken. 
or stolen from others. No, they're the mine. Is- Those are my photos. I took them. Thank you very much. Okay, you're not bullying. <laughs> He's not buying it. No, I did. I actually took these photos. Well, I, I believe you did. But again, you're the king of selfie on social media. This is the more restrained version of Matt McNeil yeah. on the calendar. And by and the way, where can I get one of these? Where can I get another one of these? AM950radio.com. By the way, oh, I, and, and, and guilty as charged, I'm the only one posting selfies on social media anywhere. <laughs> All right. That's it. That's it's it. only you. That's it. You and 14 year old girls. That's it. Okay. No. All right. We're done. Uh, Nikki Haley has now, is, as. Speaking of, is that where you were No, going? I was not going to do that. Uh, right. Nikki Haley, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's clear that Trump is now concerned about her. I mean, you know, Meatball Ron is, is heading back to Florida. And, you know, Christy and uh, Vivek are not going to do anything here Wait, but meatball ron it still is, is the best help it's still How the best that? nickname he you know i he you know every once in a while the blind pig finds a truffle and you know i'm gonna just say meatball ron it just it matched desantis perfectly anyway oh boy is desantis in the studio with you why are you embarrassed for friday him? he'll be here friday will be will not be? today can you get him to sign something for me saying meatball ron it'd be fantastic I insta, instant value. Really what you want is for me to have him do a liner for the show without really realizing what he's doing. That's what you really want. This is Meatball Ron for the Matt McNeil show. Ah, I like my boots high. Yeah, and yeah, we can do all sorts of things with him. Uh he's not really a, a threat to Trump at this point. I mean his his I mean the the stories of the last week since we t- actually since we talked on Friday, Friday, yeah, yeah. It, it, his his campaign is just it, it's he's losing staff, the money is just drying up, he's horribly spent it, he's not going to be there. Nikki Haley though, you know, she had that unforced error, the epitome of an unforced error in New Hampshire with that the question, of course, the Civil War was slavery, okay, right. mm-hmm. but. You know, she is starting to resonate, and I don't think it's too much of a surprise. On the Republican side, you do have 30 to 35 percent of the party who's not happy with Trump, kind of the old traditional moderate Republicans who still are loyal to the party, would desperately like to have someone else. And, you know, Nikki Haley does have the governorship. She was a U.N. ambassador, so she has a little bit of resume. She's she's done better than a lot of these other people, but now Trump is laying into her, and it's getting kind of ugly. Well, that is how you can tell that she was gaining steam. First DeSantis, now Trump. The anti-Trump money shifted from DeSantis to Haley. And that's why I cannot look at my radio station's commercial log without seeing either an ad from the Nikki Haley campaign or her PAC, Stand for America. Uh, There's some Trump spending. There's some Ryan Binkley spending, but no DeSantis spending. No, uh, never back down pack spending. And that is different than early in the race. And so it tells you that they've got some significant issues. Why are you smirking? People, I, I'm watching him through this, uh, you know, you know, this, this tin cup. And, well, and I'm remembering, actually, what, what it is, is I'm remembering if, okay, if you're in Chicago, you have no idea. I'm in Minneapolis. We have no idea. You don't understand what commercial breaks on a radio station are like in Iowa leading up to, to, to the big event. And when you sit there and you say, 
your the, the the commercial breaks are lo- loaded. It is insanity. I mean, it's the amount of money that is spent on advertising in the state of Iowa is over the top. Well, here's just an example, and I just glanced over at the, s- the screen in my studio. 13 minutes of commercial time on my station in the 6 o'clock hour. Two Donald Trump 60-second spots, a Ryan Binkley spot, a Nikki Haley spot, and a pack that is for clean energy wanting us to call U.S. senators. So when you get a third of your commercial time tied up in this, I mean, it's gone the evening of January 15th, mind mm. you. And again, we have to charge the lowest rate on the card, so we're not getting rich off oh, of it. Oh, boo-hoo. But, <laughs> yeah, I know. Something's better than nothing. I'm, I'm not... I'm just saying before everybody says, you know, oh, you're making you're making big bank. Now there's a limit, but yes, I'd rather have it than not. But it and you can't just run these back to back to back, although it is tempting, right? You mm. try to separate the spots. It's the same thing. You don't have two car dealers next to one another, uh, typically on a radio or TV schedule. No, it is just complete saturation to where to some degree it's noise. And the only thing is, Ramaswamy pulled his TV money. He yeah. wasn't really doing any radio money. Uh, DeSantis is off radio doing very little TV. That's all because of finances. That's not because they think it's good strategy. Look, we're all sick of the ads. Nobody's paying attention. But do you want to be the candidate who decides to save the money just in case somebody pays attention? I mean, you you can't risk it. Is Nikki Haley going to pull? I mean, I mean, what would be a a really good response for her? I mean, there's going to be some attrition. I think from like Christie and stuff like this to go to her. Uh, but will it be more than, say, 10 points in Iowa? Do you think? Okay. Well, Christie is really not a factor in Iowa because he's not shown up at all. There's okay. no campaign office. He isn't trying. He may still get 5%, but keep in mind, nobody has won in Iowa with more than 46% in a contested caucus ever. The winner has only topped 40% twice. So this is always kind of a cluster of candidates together. Trump could, could hit 50. I still think it's more like 47. The real story out of Iowa, there are two. One, does Haley finish second? I think that's entirely possible. She was ahead of DeSantis a couple of months ago. They've been in a statistical dead heat since. If she beats DeSantis in Iowa, she's already well ahead of DeSantis in New Hampshire. I don't know where he goes, right? Because if Governor DeSantis finishes third in a state where he's been spending so much time getting so many endorsements. Haley's ahead of him in New Hampshire. Then the next stop is her home state. It's not looking good for him. No. And if the other story to me is if Ramaswamy tops 10 percent, if he does not get 10 percent, I don't know where he goes mm-hmm. uh, at this point. But those are the things I'm watching for. Does Trump hit 50? Does Haley finish second? And does Ramaswamy crack uh, double digits? We should know. We, we did a TV program with the head of the Republican Party of Iowa today, and he promises nothing, but he's hoping there will be results on caucus night, but it probably won't be until 10 or 1030 at night. The, you, the Trump fans are not going to switch. They're just not. I mean, I, no. I, don't, I just, no. I don't, no. so, I mean, isn't, I mean, to a point, isn't this all futile? I mean, because, okay, so what's the best mm-hmm. response you're going to get? I mean, 
Trump is going to, especially as we get further and further down the roads, and DeSantis is gone. I mean, DeSantis' votes are more than likely going to go back to Trump. Vivek's are going to go back to Trump, you know. And and so, I mean, he's going to start knocking off every one of these states at 60, 65 percent, not because that Nikki Haley is not running a good campaign, but just— that, that you're never going to dig that tick out. I mean, the, the the Trump fans love Trump, and there's just no thought of going against anyone but him. You may have to explain that reference to Chicago listeners. Dig that tick out. That's that's more of a I go hiking on weekends kind of thing, and I, I'm not sure they do that on Lakeshore Drive. But the point that you were making is this is expectation. They do, by the way. They do. It's a lovely city. There's tons of walking down there. I'm going to take some. I, I'm, sure. I'm going to take some selfies. But, I'm going, to take, I'm going to go down there in April. I'm going to take some selfies and show you of all the fun you things you are. And I'm going to find a ticket in the Chicago metro area and, and see if it can be a reliever for the Cubs. So <laughs> there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with Chicago. I just did not think it was tick infested uh, uh, like some of the woods of, of Minnesota or the back half of my property in Iowa. All right. Here's the thing. You know, pol- uh, polling has shown Trump above 50 percent. Now we're at the expectation game. Yeah. If he does not finish above 50%, do people say, oh, see, it's slipping? No, because nobody's ever gotten 50%. I mean, if he scores in the high 40s, you know, that's huge. But but to your point about his supporters are not leaving, we have seen that they were uh, convinced that he was the one, and their number, the percentage of Trump supporters that said they might consider somebody else has been very low from the start. Haley and DeSantis, they had some support, but a lot of their supporters said they could flip. They're now crystallizing, consolidating the support. That's what always happens this close to a caucus. But it's going to be turnout. And I would argue that the establishment Republicans are not Trump people, unless they think it can do them some good. But when it's private, they would just as soon have somebody they might be able to control. Those people are used to showing up at a caucus at a designated time on a Monday night. And those are the people who are for Haley or for DeSantis, lesser extent Ramaswamy. A lot of the Trump supporters are either independents or they're folks who are not highly political. They'll go vote, but they may not caucus. And that's why he is just blanketing Trump. I'm talking about is blanketing the state saying, you got to show up at the caucus. We got to swamp them because he does not want his supporters who are happy to vote but may not feel comfortable in a partisan caucus. He needs those people to show up so that the poll numbers translate to the actual outcome. Well, and he also needs to, you know, he's got a busy schedule coming up with court dates. And and, and, and no joke, he, he, the last thing he needs to be doing is jumping on planes and running to one state, jumping on a trip plane, getting back for a court date. I mean, he just, he's got to wrap this up quickly so that he can just send surrogates to all these states and be done with it. Well, it's like a Kobe Bryant thing. You remember when he was on trial for sexual assault in Colorado? He would fly back, play in a game. The next day, he'd go to the trial. I mean, it was just an absolute circus at one one point. And you're seeing a lot of surrogates uh, coming out for Trump now, in addition to the stops he's making because the court schedule is relatively light at the moment. Well, I'm not going to talk about Minnesota coming up here in the next hour. But all right. So, uh, by the way, quick, quick side note I wanted to ask you about. Trump mm-hmm. seems to be changing his strategy now in regards to the January 6th trial. Uh, he has come on out and it's it sounds like he's he shared on social media posts that he claims he tried to activate the insurrection act during the January 6th riot on the Capitol building, which may signal a change in direction. 
uh, the axe is, is used in extreme situations. Now, this is a very big change for him because he has basically said they didn't do anything wrong. They were, they were innocent. I stand by them. You know, spoke to him like, you know, a girlfriend at the end of it. Like, Go home. You're, it's over. You know, that sort of thing. Now he's trying to say, and his, his argument is that Liz Cheney destroyed the evidence that he tried to do this, which I don't know how that's going to go. But he's, I mean, I think we're seeing him realize he doesn't really have a lot of defensive options here. So now he's trying to paint himself out. Oh, no, I was trying to call the military out. I was trying to, to stop this myself. First of all, I understand Chicago loves your Trump impression just Hello. as much as, <laughs> as uh, Minnesota does. Uh, it's a it, it solidifies him with his base to say I did this, but Liz Cheney destroyed the evidence because they'll believe anything bad about Liz Cheney. Yeah, but that's the trick on the whole thing. You go ahead and reinvent history all you want, just show us. But then you run the risk of were you telling a tale then, or are you telling a tale now? And which one, which Trump can we believe at a given moment? Well, and you also you have to bring the evidence into court. We learned this on these all these challenges they made to these. That you got to bring the evidence, and if you don't have evidence that Liz Cheney destroyed something, you know you can't just do that and think you're going to win a court case. Uh, I tell you what, let's take a break. Come on back. I want to get back into once again. The abortion issue is not going away, and the Republicans are going to have a nightmare with this, I think, coming up in this next election. Jeff Stein joining us for his usual Wednesday visit, 952-946-6205. Take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Jeff Stein joining us for his usual Wednesday visit. So, Jeff, uh, okay. Are you sure this isn't Total Request Live and you're not Carson Daly? When I was hearing the rejoin music, I got confused. You just dated yourself horribly. Carson Daly. (laughs) Hey, it's Wolfman Jack. Those hip kids love Wolfman Jack. You're, you're right with me there, friend. (laughs) I am. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, Okay, so... There seems to be here. Here is the problem the Republicans have come into because I, I've kind of figured this out with this new story, which is the Biden administration cannot use the 1986 emergency care law to require doctors in Texas hospitals to provide abortions for women whose lives are at risk due to the pregnancy. This is what a federal appeals court said on Tuesday. It's one of the numerous cases involving abortion restrictions. So basically, the 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 uh, I think that's the Fifth Circuit down there has come on out and said, no, you cannot use this. You know, it, they, they have the, the state basically doesn't want to have any exceptions. They don't want to have any exceptions. The Republican Party has enabled these anti-abortion groups to the point where they seem to be fairly comfortable, not with necessarily a nationwide abortion ban, but they're really trying to ensconced within these states where there are pretty strict restrictions already, even more strict restrictions. You can't even save the life of the woman who is, who is pregnant, who could die from that, that childbirth is, is those groups. I mean, those are the people that are bringing these lawsuits. The court system is still set up because it's been so you know loaded with Republican justices for so long. You you're, you're going to kind of get this, especially with the guidance from the Supreme Court from the ruling. 
I, I, you know, I, I'm, if I'm the Republicans, I'm going to these groups and saying, you know, I get it. You want really to, to do this, but you guys, the fastest way to make sure we're never going to get back into power again is to keep challenging these things in court. For 50 years, 49 years, technically, Republicans ran on, in order to receive money, everything else, yep. got to get rid of Roe versus Wade. Okay, that meant states' rights. If you're going to have states' rights, then you could have 50 different results, 50 different laws, 50 different policies, 50 different everything. And that's fine, but there may be consequences to it. Plus, in the abstract, it's fine. The devil is always in the details. I mean, on any issue I'm talking about. And so it's great to campaign or fundraise saying we need to protect uh, the innocent unborns until you try to codify that after a half century, three generations of Americans living where it was, according to the U.S. Constitution, a right. And this is the thing that I think was there was a miscalculation on. We've talked about it before. The fact that when you look at the percentage of the American population that is older than age 50, a majority of Americans don't know a time before Roe versus Wade. Mm -hmm. And so you have, you know, it's one thing if I look at longitudinally, I say, well, look at this hundred year history. Doesn't matter. We only know what we know in our lifetimes. And when a majority of the population all of a sudden had everything changed one day, that has ramifications. And again, you can be the party of life, but you're going to be the minority party of life, to your point. Especially when you get such, you know, kind of you know, insane restrictions. You can't even save the woman's life. That That is, that's kind of one of those things. You know, it, what's, what's interesting is, you, you know, you, you, as you get this and you get the, you know, this, this, these, these laws that are there, it, I, I just don't know how they get away from this. I saw a, a poll earlier in December, something like 92% of independent voters said they will traditionally break with Democrats when it comes to abortion issues, which is toxic, beyond toxic in any kind of election cycle. I mean, and there were other issues and they broke in other ways, but I mean, it depends on what's the biggest issue. And every day they have another one of these court cases or another kind of these rulings, it prevents that issue. What Republicans desperately want to do is push it to the back burner. Let's only talk about the Southern border. But the reality is their own groups keep bringing these issues up and maintaining abortion as a top issue in an election this season. You have to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. You have to be able to discuss multiple issues. There are very few single-issue voters remaining. Mm -hmm. But if there is an issue on both sides where that single issue may prevail, it is abortion. And the, the problem that we've had over time is that moderates or independents have typically said they are socially liberal and fiscally conservative. And depending on what's the most important point in time, they lean left or lean right. Yep. Well, when the Republican Party is spending at a clip, starting during the Trump years and continuing, spending at a clip more than any Democrat ever did, you can hardly say that's the fiscally conservative side. Mm -hmm. And so when you have to decide as an independent, 
you lean toward the socially moderate or liberal side. And because again, the other side doesn't have what you're looking for. So you go with the social issue. And so that's a pivotal one in this campaign. And I think it's always harder. And I'm not trying to give advice to Republicans, but it's always harder to convince somebody an issue that doesn't affect them directly is a more important issue than one that does. And when you're looking at, as you talk about these generations of women who have had this right You've taken a right away from them. You can scream about the border all you like. The reality is, is that, you know, a, a, a right being taken away from them, their perception of a right being taken away from them is going to offset any other fire alarm you try to pull. Well, and if you want to get young people fired up to vote, think about an issue that affects them directly. Does the southern border? Well, yeah, but not mm-hmm. as much as the right to have an abortion the right to terminate uh, a life for whatever reason. And so, again, if there's any issue that's going to mobilize a class of people, it's going to typically be the younger voters who typically are not involved and who typically do not show up in polls as a result. And that's why things have been so contrary to polls in these elections in the last year and a half. And they don't and they still don't answer those polls and they don't. And it's interesting as more Trump goes out there with his dictator 101. You know, it's it's going to be harder and harder for Republicans to be able to campaign against that, saying, "Well, he was just kidding about restricting, you know, freedom of speech and stuff like that." So, can you get credit at PragerU for Dictator One Hundred One? Oh, I'm just yeah, it's, 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 it's <laughs> PragerU, nice. All right, Jeff just Stein, asking for a friend, <laughs> Jeff Stein. Uh, I'll post the <laughs> Iowa politics report next, uh, coming up later on. Hour two up next. Number two of the show here on your Wednesday. Good to have you with us today, Matt Brett. By the way, two ways you can get a little more Stein. You can rehear that interview. What, what time do we play that on the weekends here? Uh, yeah, we play that back two thirty Sundays. Two thirty on Sunday. It's the Jeff Stein experience. <laughs> it's 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 very it's 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 yeah. Anyway, uh, we have that, and of course, then you can podcast it. We have we we separate the show out there. And if I can say, and a big thank you to you and Patrick, uh, Brett, uh, we have all the brand new to you interviews are out there now. All of them are up on the SoundCloud page. Holy God, did we have a lot of great guests? I mean, damn. That was a that was a lot of lot of fantastic right there, and I I kept looking at the list. I'm like, just the best we've had. I mean, I just I, I, I there are a few shows that Paul Nyland show that we had. We aired that one twice actually on New Year's Day and back on the I think it was the 22nd or 23rd 22nd I think it was. Um, we aired uh, that was good. The Metza interview was so much fun. Uh, always is great to talk to Metza. Robert Pilot was great. Trace and Bill, the Mystery Science Theater 3000 connection. Trace Ballou, of course, with Who the Mads Are Back, and Bill Corbett over at Rift Tracks. God, that was a fun hour. The hour with Austin Dury from Dury and Brittle Star, the Canadian comedian. And by the way, still, Stuart, who is Brittle Star, one of the nicest guys I have. I, I, for a guy that's insanely popular right now, especially abo- above the border. He is one of the most kind, gentle people I have. I mean, just what an absolute treat to work with on that. Uh, we'd had the, we, we had the, the Penn Center back la- yesterday, which was a fantastic interview. 
just a lot of fun. Go listen to those interviews. They'll be up forever. So go and enjoy. And thank you very much. It is our little holiday gift to you. Brand new content throughout the, the holiday season. And I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I actually had multiple people contact me over the, the, the holiday saying how much they appreciated it. So you're welcome. It's, it's, it's a lot of work, but, you know, you guys like it. So we're going to keep doing it. Will we? I don't know. I, mean, I think so. We had a number of people contacting us saying, when are those shows going to be posted? They're posted if I missed now. them live. And as you said, they're live now on our playlist. By the way, for anyone that did complain about that, not getting posted right away, that's my call. I didn't want these guys to have to do that every day. They, want the, they get a holiday too. Plus the fact that I want you to listen to the brand new to you shows when they're up there. So we just posted them all yesterday. You're welcome. The buffet is open. I got. This is your first weekend of January. I mean, are you really going to watch the Vikings game? Only need like six things to happen. <laughs> They're still in it, but yeah, in it is the right term. I think Patrick had the right call. They'll they'll get all those things to happen, but they'll be the team that loses. Yeah, they'll they'll, they'll lose. Uh, I'd be surprised if Detroit plays any starters. I really would be uh, at that point. Uh, so two things I wanted to talk about that I did over the holiday. I was at the Simpson shelter, uh, last Thursday, uh, went out there. Uh, can I just help the needy for goodness sakes, just help the needy. I, I got into a conversation with someone, um, over the holidays and I said, what's the difference between a conservative and a liberal? And I said, I, I'll give you a, a, the best way I can say it. And it has to do with like feeding the hungry. And it's something we see with the Republicans still today, especially with the school lunch thing in the state. It is Republicans will say if 100 people are getting food aid, but one of those people is found out to be cheating the system and getting more aid than they deserve or they're not really you know, falling into the qualifiers, they will cancel the entire program and say, we stop the waste, even though 99 people will go hungry. Democrats will look at that and say, I don't care. Just feed them. Let's figure out why they're hungry, why they might be homeless, why they might need help afterwards. We'll just get them what they need. If that's a, a bed to sleep in at night, if that's a meal, if that's, you know, counseling, just get them the, the get them what they need and we can solve that problem. You do not solve problems by basically just chucking people back out in the street and say it sucks to be you. And if there's anything that is that's that the modern conservative mentality, that's it. It just sucks to be you, the heck with you. Simpson Family Services uh, was over that's off of Pillsbury. That's their, I think they're kind of their temporary facility for the time being. Uh, was over there. Uh, we we got the food. We brought it in, served it. I post one or two pictures. There is nothing that I think puts the holidays in a better perspective for you than realizing what real giving is. And real giving isn't the the latest video game. Real giving isn't uh, you know the, the the hottest clothes or anything like that. Real giving is you know seeing people who are grateful for a hot meal. And I, I cannot recommend enough if we all, there's no reason on the freaking planet that people should be going hungry. There is just not a reason. In this country specifically, there is no reason anyone in the United States of America should be going hungry, period. 
It's a failure of us as a society that we tolerate so many people going hungry every single day. So help out, whether that's a food shelf, food bank, whether that's a soup kitchen, at your local church. Contact your local church. If you do go to church, contact your local church. Ask them. Say, hey, I, I want to do something here. You know, where, where can I go? Um, you know, they'll, they'll have some ideas. I guarantee every church works with some groups like that. Just if you can, please do. And I, I posted uh, uh, the link to the Simpson Shelter folks. If you want to help out there, go ahead and, and make a click there and, and help out if you can. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Another thing that had happened over the holidays, which garnered a tremendous response, was I played the clarinet again. Now, Okay, you're, why are you chuckling? Oh, I saw the photos of this. Yeah, you didn't post any videos of it, though. No, that that's my design. Uh, <laughs> videos generally have audio that go along with them. No, the still pictures will be just fine. Um, so I played clarinet for I played clarinet bassoon. I played some percussion uh, for my my high school days. But like a lot of people, um, you know, once I got done with high school generally I put the, the instrument away and that was the end of it. And, you know, cause you know, you know, whipping out the clarinet to play some songs, not exactly how you get through the night in the military. I'm just going <laughs> to, Hey guys, I know you want to go clubbing, but have you heard of Benny Goodman? All right. Let me, let me, let me play a song or two for you. That's, that's, you know, no. So I, I just kind of got out of it. Um, we, I, of course, I, I, I've told my wife who, my wife still plays in community bands and stuff like that. She played a saxophone and so she plays in community bands. And I, I said, you know, if I ever could find a clarinet, I mean, clarinets are pricey, I would probably bring, you know, pick it up again. Well, she had a friend who, you know, you know was going out to help clean out a, a parent's house and they found their old clarinet. And she said, she'd apparently mentioned this to them and said, hey, do you want it? a free clarinet and a heartbeat. So I took it and I played it. I did not play it well. I know it well. What it would sound like if it was played well, it did not get played well. Um, I've actually been offered um, to record on an album. I'm not joking. <laughs> I'm not joking. I have to think about that one. But I can I say how much, how glad I am I did that. Because, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's it is fun to do that sort of thing. If you have an instrument that you played, or if there's an art that you used to do, don't has don't hesitate in trying to pick that up again. Don't don't hesitate in trying to do that. That's that's it's it's it really was uh, a very gratifying thing. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five. 952-946-6205. That was a long way to go to get to this. Speaking of things that blow, Tom Emmer. There you go. I'm back. I'm back and I am better than ever. Tom Emmer. I, I, no, I can't. I, there's a joke that just came to mind. I cannot say that one. It's time for Profiles in Courage. Today's episode in Profiles in Courage, Tom Emmer. Let's, let's get to the courage element of, of this here, shall we? Representative U.S. Representative Tom Emmer endorsed Donald Trump's bid for president on Wednesday ahead of Republicans' first nominating contest in Iowa. 
The endorsement from Emmer, the House Majority Whip and third-ranking Republican, comes after Trump and his allies helped torpedo his brief bid to become Speaker of the U.S. House. Uh, in a statement posted to, to Twitter, Emmer said, It's now time for Republicans to unite around Trump's candidacy. I want to listen to this here because there's some, there's some things we're going to come back to here. Democrats have made it clear they'll use every tool in their arsenal to try to help keep Joe Biden and his failed policies in power. We cannot let them, Emmer posted. It's time for the Republicans to unite behind our party's clear frontrunner, which is why I'm proud to endorse John, Donald J. Trump for president. Proud to endorse. We'll come back to that, too. Um, speaking of a whole pool of spineless jellyfish, the House Republicans are starting to coalesce around support. Uh, all four uh, Minnesota U.S. House reps from the Republican side all basically went and strapped on their knee pads for uh, Donnie today. Stauber, Fishbach, and, uh, oh, God, uh, uh, um, Elmer? Uh, Finstead, Finstead. <laughs> such, a, such a recognizable individual. Yeah, I don't know. Joe Biden's failed policies have left. And by the way, we're going to come back to this here in a second too. Joe Biden's failed policies have left Minnesotans to grapple with double-digit inflation, higher taxes. By the way, inflation is down like three percent. I don't. Do, that's not double. Di- do you guys understand how numbers work? It's, it's, I think four percent is actually what's that. It's not double. Never mind. A border crisis has turned every community into a border community. Boy, they sure are trying hard to sell that, aren't they? They wrote a joint statement, Minnesotans and all Americans deserve better. It's time for Republicans to come together and support the leader who has what it takes to get our country back on track. We stand together to endorse Donald J. Trump for president. By the way, good luck with all that. Uh, Stauber, um, who is in his second term representing Northeastern Minnesota 8th District in Congress, said Trump supported domestic mining and manufacturing as president that helped the region, Donald Trump. So basically, he's for ripping apart the Boundary Waters canoe area uh, to the highest bidder, to Antofagasta, the Chilean mining company. That's uh, Pete Stauber, your family cabin does not matter. That, is that your campaign slogan? Pete Stauber, hey, hey, who? no one can swim in that lake anymore. Vote for Pete Stauber. All the money will go to Antofagasta. Vote for Pete Stauber. There you go. They just write themselves Stubby. All right. So, um, in our when when we talk about profiles and courage, let's go back to Tom Emmer first. So, if I was talking with someone and he started insulting me repeatedly over and over again, do you think I would? Uh, okay, I'm, I'm not going to say names here. There was a guy I used to work with in this town who was the one of the biggest pains in the butt I've ever worked with in my life. Just this this just absolute jackass of an individual. And he left town and you know, he was, you know, he just he just was so disrespectful and so horrible to work with and just was god awful. Just a real and he was just he was just horrible to work with. It takes some cojones to then come back and say, "Hey, buddy, I'm thinking about coming back. You know any jobs I can?" Have? No, I'm not going to recommend you for a job. What are you talking about? You insulted me personally. No, this is not how it works. I have what's called integrity. It's 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 
it's something that you should have that when someone comes up and repeatedly insults you to your face, you shouldn't say, well, I guess I bought your side. <laughs> Come on. So profile and courage goes to Tom Emmer, former President Trump. This is from a few months back. Former President Trump on Tuesday warned House Republicans against backing Tom Emmer as speaker shortly after the conference nominated him for the gavel. I still have, I have so many wonderful friends wanting to be Speaker of the House, and some are truly great warriors. Rhino Tim Emmer, who I do not know well, is one of them. Trump wrote on Truth Social, of course, Republican in name only. He called him a Republican in name only. This is the House whip. He complained that Emmer never respected his endorsements or the breadth and scope of MAGA. <laughs> and he claimed Emmer is totally out of touch with the Republican voters. Quote, I believe he has now learned his lesson because he is saying that he's pro-Trump all the way. But can we ever be sure, Trump wrote, he's only changed because that's what it takes to win? The Republican Party cannot take that chance because that's not where America first voters are. Voting for a globalist rhino like Tom Emmer would be a tragic mistake. Now, in our profiles in Courage, Tom Emmer just endorsed this man. Tom Emmer did. Man, is does he, you know, speaking, does he carry your cojones around in a little man purse or something like that? Better hope he doesn't get them mixed up with the chicken nuggets. Hey, you know, I, <laughs> oh, Tom. I just see Tom Emmer wearing like one of those big, thick bulldog, you know, dog collars, you know, just <laughs> walking down the street and all of a sudden gets yanked. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm coming. Here I am. I'm the obedient dog. Just don't, don't call me a rhino again, okay? You're not going to make fun of me after I endorse you, are you? Okay. Dude, that is, you are such a freaking coward. You are such a coward, man. God, Tom, he's not going to like you, okay? He doesn't want to be your friend. Oh. Hey, I'm with him. I've been with him all. Wouldn't he be great? What was the? Uh, let me go. Let me go back here and. Uh, um, this is why I'm proud to endorse Donald J. Trump as president. <laughs> That's his statement. Oh, think Kevin Bacon in Animal House. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Yeah. Need a video of that endorsement to see if he looks like a hostage trying to. Hostage, man. It's, it's OnlyFans. That's what that's going to look like. <laughs> Get ready to play the cheesy 70s music. 952-946-6205. Hey, but what about their side about Biden? And tell you what, let's take a break. Come on back and remind you how much these guys really hate Biden and his failed policies. We'll talk about that in a second. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. So um, going back to, you know, these... uh, the, the, the these Republicans who basically once again Tom Emmer profile and courage after being insulted to his face 
<coughs> to his face by Donald Trump, goes on out there and says, he's got my full endorsement. Beautiful, beautiful, nice integrity. But they also spent their time bashing on Biden. And it should be noted, you know, they, 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 they've they a little bit inconsistent with that, to say the least. <clears throat> the last November, GOP Representative Tom Emmer of Minnesota released a statement slamming the passage of the freshly approved infrastructure law he referred to as President Biden's multi-trillion dollar socialist wish list. Then in June, Emmer, a House Republican campaign chairman, leading attacks on Democrats for supporting the law, quietly submitted his own wish list for the, what was it, the multi-trillion dollar socialist wish list. He put out his own requests for the socialism. In a letter to Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, Emmer expressed his hearty support for the multi-million dollar grant to improve part of Highway 65 in his district. The work was critical, Emmer argued, not just for his constituents, but for the people all over Minnesota. Crashes were leading to fatalities. Congestion was leading to huge delays, plus Emmer added. This grant also strives to serve as a, <coughs> a social justice measure. Wow. Just it, it, Once again, he just hates Biden, apparently. As he can't say thank you enough. Um, by the way, I mean, it, 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 this is not, once again, my job here is the pointing out the hypocrisy. You want to sit there and all of you, all four Republican House members in the state, all of them voted against this bill. And then you find out as they're sitting out there saying, this is the worst bill ever. They're like, could you please give me a big slice of it? Other senators who voted for the infrastructure bill also wrote letters to the Department of Transportation, including some House reps as well. Fishbach, that Fishbach, she as well, after condemning the bill, which she said was a bad bill, I'm not going to vote for it. Socialist wish list. Funny, she loved Joe Biden at that point. Loved him. I mean, my God, I mean, if you think about it, shouldn't they be supporting Joe Biden? I mean, Joe Biden at least delivered something for them. Ah, Then I'm going to read this little gem from the Grand Rapids paper. Political officials are no strangers to hypocrisy. Regardless of party affiliation, taking credit for funding that they did not vote for is manipulating the public. For Representative Steve, Pete Stauber, hypocrisy seems to be all he knows. In his recent mailing, Stauber said he was proud to help secure this funding for legislation which benefits infrastructure projects like the Highway 8 Reconstruction Project. This is simply not true. The funding came from Biden's infrastructure bill, which passed the U.S. House of Representatives. The infrastructure spending was supported by a number of House Republican leaders, but a notable opponent to the crucial funding was and still is Stauber. The infrastructure package freed over $3 million for Highway 8 improvements and provides more funding to host an, an urgent projects across the state district like Bridges and Roads. The bill allocated over $6.8 billion for Minnesota and is essentially a retaining thousands of strong labor jobs in the 8th District over the next decade. That urgent need for jobs and infrastructure did not matter to Stauber. He fervently railed against the critical need to address infrastructure in his own district. When the bill was being passed, he preferred to attack Democrats for their investments rather than address his legislation that is especially dangerous for American. Uh, he it, 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 it needs to his constituents. We Stauber said in the House floor, it is content, not just for the cost of this legislation, that is especially dangerous for American families and our economy. But yet, not only has he tried to take credit for the Minnesota, the, the, the Highway 8 project, 
he tried to take credit numerous times for the airport infrastructure improvements up on Minnesota 8, up on the Iron Range, which this bill supplies for. And once again, all of you voted against this bill and could not scream how much you hate it. And I get it. Republican voters, you can basically vote openly right in front of them, no, and then turn around and say, well, thank God I brought you that funding. And they'll say, yeah, he brought us a funding, you know. No, you didn't do that. The Democrats did, and Joe Biden did. So when you go over back to this and you look at the, you know, what was the comments that they made here uh, in regards to this? Um, Joe Biden's failed policies. You, you all ta- are trying to take credit for those policies. You're all trying to take credit for it. Tom Emmer. Democrats made it clear they're every tool of the arsenal. They want to keep Joe Biden and and his policies in power. You tried your hardest to get money from Joe Biden's policies. Profile encourage my ass. You guys are all a bunch of hacks. You are. You're all a bunch of hacks. And especially Tom Emmer. Dude. The man needs you in the groin three or four times, and you said, that felt great. Let me endorse you. I don't know where he keeps your spine, but as sure as hell is not on your back there, Emmer. Dear Lord, Fred Flintstone from the future. You, oh, God. That's actually not bad. I like that one. 952-946-6205. This has been a profile in courage. Well, oh, not really. Uh, we'll take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. Oh, that it should be. DFL, that should be on every... Every construction site from the infrastructure bill. On every billboard. Yeah, this Republican Fishbach voted against this project right here. It should be. It absolutely should be. Absolutely. Pete Stauber voted against this bill. Stop them from trying to use this against, how dare you basically waste taxpayer dollars doing this. No, you're the one that's basically lying about it. We're just setting the record straight. You didn't vote for it. You voted against it. And yet now all of a sudden you want to act as of all you guys as you go up to the, the, the Joe Biden, you know, infrastructure bill trough and try to get as big a serving as you can are all of a sudden acting like, oh, this is disgusting. Now give me more. 952-946-6205. Um, I thought this story was interesting just because <clears throat> you do not hear that much about Amy Bach. And her case uh, with the allegations against her as the executive director from Feeding Our Future, you hear a lot more about the associates of Amy Bach and their crimes, which, you know, once again, this is a pretty big scandal. But yet it, it's it's interesting because funny, Amy Bach, uh, there, there's a, you know, she's, a, she's a little different than uh, the other people that constantly get talked about in this story. Most of them are, uh, you know, uh, not white and she appears to be and i'm so i have a feeling that that has something to do with how this story is getting covered but needless to say 
I will say that I was pleasantly surprised to be KSTP covered the story and also the reformer. I'm reading from the reformer story. The woman that federal prosecutors put in the center of the feeding our future scandal is trying to get evidence thrown out by contesting the search warrant and arguing that she received administrative fees, not illegal kickbacks, as prosecutors allege. Amy Bach, <coughs> founder and former executive director of the nonprofit Feeding Our Future, is charged with overseeing a $240 million scheme to exploit a federal child nutrition program during her, the pandemic. Her is one of the largest cases out of about 60 people charged so far in the nation's largest pandemic fraud case. Federal prosecutors have proposed a June trial. And uh, prosecutors allege uh, Bach and Feeding Our Future recruited people to open over 200 food distribution sites, which within days or weeks falsely claim to serve meals to thousands of children per day, despite having few, if any, staffers and little or no experience serving such meal volumes. Mm, beverage. They're all, they allege, Feeding Our Future pocketed more than $18 million in fees, bribes, and kickbacks from people running sites it sponsored. The Bach received $310,000 kickback from uh, Abdul Qadir Noor Sahalas, co-owner of the Safari Restaurant in Minneapolis. The nonprofits retained 10 to 15% of federal meal reimbursement payments, which prosecutors call kickbacks. But Bach's attorney, Kenneth uh, Odibach, O-D-O-I-B-O-K, Odebach, contends the nonprofit was authorized by the Minnesota Department of Education and USDFA Federal Child Nutrition Program to charge administrative fees up to 15%. He wrote in court documents that the FBI began investigating Bach after she refused to pay vendors and reported those she suspected were fraudulent. Uh, the lawyer recently filed a motion seeking a Franks v. Delaware hearing, commonly called a Franks hearing, in an effort to get the evidence thrown out by arguing the search warrant was based on false or misleading information. FBI agent uh, Travis Wilmer got a search warrant for Feeding Our Future's office and box home in January of 2022. The lawyer claims Wilmer created a misleading narrative about payments to Bach by classifying a single payment as a kickback rather than a collection of administrative fees. And if he, even if there was a kickback, Kickbacks are not per se illegal in Minnesota or federal law, so there is no probable cause for the search warrant. The Department of Justice has not filed a response to the court. Uh, kickbacks are not illegal? Really? I, 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 you know, why are there RICO charges available then? I mean, not, I mean, just, it's, it's, isn't that the, the whole thing with the RICO case? Is RICO cases you can, you know, can charge a bunch of people because you can, you know, kick, receiving kickbacks on falsely garnered monies is illegal. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that's you gets. I'm no legal expert on this. It's pretty brazen. I, I will I will not deny that. I would I I don't know how this is going to go. But I would also make an argument. There does seem to be a substantial amount of what I might call co-conspirators allegedly, who might be willing to go into court and say, hey, yeah, that uh, this was run by, this was uh, said as a kickback. That's going to be my guess on the on the case there. So, and once again, it's all allegations until it's proven in court. So, but the fact that they're trying to throw such a Hail Mary so early 
tells me, I think, that they're, they're worried about where this is going to go. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. I've got good news. Well, good news for, for all of us. Bad news for Republicans who want to scream, Aah! you know, uh, that's kind of their whole mantra. You know, anything positive happens in Minneapolis, they, they, because, you know, once again, they can't win on other issues. So they got to like the, every county is a border county in America today. What? What do you know? When, uh, Hennepin County is borders Dakota County, but <laughs> I mean, County, you know, uh, Wright County. Sure. I, I, but it's not a border County. Anyway, they have nothing to campaign on. So once again, we are going to be treated to an entire year of Minneapolis is the worst place on the planet. Don't believe anything you hear. One of the big arguments they say is all these businesses are <clears throat> moving out of the city. They are, no one wants to be around Minneapolis right now. No one's, they're everything, they're, they're a bit, it's a ghost town. It's a war zone ghost town. It's a ghost war zone town with ghosts warring. I, I don't know. They, 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 you get the point. They're, it's a little bit of exaggeration. But here we go. And this is great. This is absolutely fantastic. An Eden Prairie-based aerospace engineering company that worked on the International Space Station the James Webb Space Telescope, and NASA's most recent Mars rover is expanding to North Minneapolis. Nice. Ion Corporation, or is it ION Corporation, is the corporate partner for phase one of the four-phase River North District on Broadway project, an amb ambitious real estate and workforce development vision that could transform a largely industrial area just off of Interstate 94. ION is building a... $30 million infrastructure facility as part of a planned company expansion and relocation located at 1.1 acre parcel at 201 West Broadway. So is that going to be, is, is, is that going to be on the east side of 94 or on the west side of 94? 201 Broadway. Well, let me pull up the map here really quick. It's time for Matt's tap dancing. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So let me find, Hey, there it is. There's 94. All right, and Broadway. Oh, do, 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 do. There I go. Yeah, I'm going to guess it's on the east side. Yeah, that's going to be right there on the east side. It's cause, yeah, so uh, the road right next to 94 uh, on 90, uh, on the north side is Washington. The next right over second. If the address is 201, oh, it's 201 West Broadway. Yeah, that's going to be it. That's it. So there you go. Good news. Um. That's fantastic, by the way. Absolutely fantastic. It's an area that's it's been desperately needing upgrades. Um, the new building will have 5,000 square feet of office space on the ground floor, a much larger amount of production space on the two floors above, an above-ground parking structure that will attach to the building's rear. Groundbreaking is expected in October of 2024, According to a timeline provided by River North Development Partners, the master properties affiliated group overseeing the project's real estate activities. ION's expansion could create up to 110 new manufacturing and administrative jobs paying $25 to $75 per hour. How freaking awesome is that? So not only are you going to have construction jobs going into North Minneapolis, but you're going to have jobs there for $25 to $75 per hour. 
The company plans to source a majority from North Minneapolis with help from the River North Foundation. The project's workforce development arm, the effort could further diversify ION's workforce, which is currently about 75% women and people of color. The River North Foundation will be a key partner in assisting us in recruiting, training, and retain, uh, retaining all the employees for the ION Manufacturing Center, said the president and CEO, Maxwell Maddox, in a letter I intend to publish early this year. This is just fantastic news across the board. This is just freaking awesome. First of all, you're taking an area which is downtrodden and you're going to put a brand new facility there. Great. Then you're going to going to create good paying jobs. 25 to $75 an hour. And and on top of the construction jobs, which I mean obviously that's a little bit more of metro-wide probably. Maybe even Midwest-wide depending on the situation, but you're going to have a lot of jobs that are going to be local jobs. Now, my concern, I got to be honest with you, is the narrative. I, I've talked before about what happens in small towns where, say, you, and I have seen this, I have seen this happen firsthand, where you are in a small town. And there is an, uh, you know, there is a new benefit that you can offer your employees. And so your company, one of the companies goes out there and says, and we'll just m make it simple, say, oh, you can raise, you know, you can, you can basically cover people's health insurance through a program through the state. Great. So you announce, hey, guess what? We're going to cover the health insurance for everyone in the, the company uh, with the help of this program from the state. It's just going to cost us a few extra bucks and that's the way we're going to do it. Suddenly you get a call from, hey, Billy Bob, it's uh, Jimbo. Hey, I tell you what, why, why don't you come on over to the office uh, tomorrow? We, we need to talk about something. All right, fine. And you get to Jimbo's office, and you get in there, and all of a sudden it's it's multiple people who run businesses across the, 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 the small town, and they say, I tell you what, we heard this uh, rumor. You're going to offer this new program uh, from government socialism to offer health care to your employees. You know, uh, we're not going to do that, and we don't want to lose all of our employees to your company, so we're going to kindly suggest you do not do that if you want your business to stay in this town because we will run you out of town faster than we can say. And so then basically because, you know, this, and like I said, this does happen. This does happen. And I've seen it happen. The guy was good. They were going to, they were offering a benefit and the, they basically went and told him not to do it. And they had to cancel it out. And a lot of employees were upset about that because he'd already announced that they were going to do it. But he basically said, it's either that or I have to move the, the company. My concern is this. This is such a affront to the Republican narrative on a lot of levels. Business moving into the town, business moving into a high minority, lower income part of town, redeveloping a few blocks of eyesores into what will be, you know, high tech. I mean, you're working on the James Webb telescope. You're working for NASA. You're, you're not, you know, that's, that's, that's some intense stuff. 
making some high-tech products right there in North Minneapolis, offering the local population jobs that pay $25 to $75 an hour. This is one of those things that happens, and it reinvigorates an entire area of a community. Yeah, sometimes it's called gentrification, you know, depending on the, the situation. But at the same time, this is an area that's needed a big boost. So I wouldn't be surprised if there wouldn't be some people who would be fighting this. Whether that's trying to pull someone aside and say, do you really want to do this? You don't really want to do this. Hey, I got some land out in Medina or I've got some land out in Waconia that you can you can go build your thing out there. And I'll tell you what, it'll be great. It doesn't sound like Ion's going to do that. I think Ion seems to have a mission here, and they seem to have a, a, you know, a, a very smart game plan. Or would they try to do it the other way, which is try through St. Paul to say, wait a second here, we, we're not going to do this. Now, I want to remind you something about something with the Republicans. You'd say to yourself, oh, a, a company wants to expand and make business important. The Republican Party, back when I started on this radio station 14 years ago, they basically refused to give tornado, emergency tornado relief to the people of North Minneapolis. Something they had no problem giving to the white suburban communities and white rural communities when they had tornadoes. But when it came to North Minneapolis... Well, those people need to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. They did that. The Republican Party of Minnesota did that. Refused to help victims of a tornado. Because, let's be blunt, they were black. Predominantly black. So they didn't want to help them. So would I be somewhat surprised or shocked if suddenly all of a sudden Republicans, especially outstate Republicans, are storming into the state capitol saying, we got to stop this expansion. We need this narrative that Minneapolis is horrible. We can't have businesses open up, especially high-tech, good-paying jobs. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised, and I got to tell you the truth, I, I'm, I'm kind of bracing for that, if you want to know the truth. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. Nice job, Ion. Nice job. That is absolutely spectacular. I couldn't, can't endorse a project enough. That is just some good stuff there. You deserve a, a lot of accolades for this. 952-946-6205. We'll take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. By the way, if you did hear that one story earlier today, apparently someone emailed the Minnesota State Capitol bomb threat into the Capitol today in Minnesota, amongst other states. Where are the other states? Yeah, Georgia, Michigan, Kentucky, and Mississippi, all as well, all apparently got emailed a bomb threat. Uh, I guess, you know, crop duster was out of, you know, <laughs> was not a, a, a parent option for them. They um, they have determined it was you know fraudulent. They they evacuated for a little bit and then they got back to work there. And I'm guaranteeing you that there is going to be definitely the FBI cracking down on someone here pretty soon. 
All right, we have to have a discussion about something which I didn't think we had to have a discussion about, but oh, for God's sakes, again? A total of 50 people were rescued off a chunk of ice that broke off at Lake of the Woods on Monday. Lake of the Woods County Sheriff's Office said rescue teams were dispatched around 3 p.m. after a pressure ridge cracked, stranding a group of anglers. All 50 were rescued without any injuries reported. According to the DNR, the pressure ridge is a crack in the ice that form as a result of contracting expanding ice due to tear temperature fluctuations. Ridges are more likely to form during years with little snow coverage and extremely cold stretches followed by warm days. When the air temperature drops below freezing, the ice contracts. Okay, all right. Thanks, Dr. Science. Uh, ridges are considered dangerous. Anyone going on the ice should be look out for them. All right. You should. You know what else you should be on the lookout for? Ice! Because there's open water on pretty much all of these lakes at this point. What are you doing, you idiots? I get it. You want to get your fish on. But what are you doing? It hasn't been below freezing. I hiked this weekend. I hiked Normandale Lake. Uh, that's the one over on um, Normandale Boulevard and 494 down there. Hiked that one. Open water. Hiked Harriet yesterday. Open water. A lot of open water. Good good luck trying to get that pond hockey tournament going out there. And by the way, can I bring this up? We just lost the Bear Grease snow dog ra- sled dog race. That got that that got canceled. You've got fishermen floating out to sea on every freaking lake in this state at this point because the ice fishing season is being shot to the heck. There's a decent chance you're not going to have the ice pond the pond hockey tournament. I mean, we'd always hope, but. I mean, you need a few days of some cold weather before you're going to get that. We don't know. Is Lopit going to be on? Don't know. First of all, knuckleheads, stay off the ice if there's open water there. And stay off the ice. I mean, that should be the state flag, an ice flow with 50 fishermen on it floating out to the sea. Yeah. We had we had that happen on Upper Red Lake last year. Then that was in November, remember that was in Thanksgiving last year. So then all of a sudden we get Lower Red Lake in. Then we have it happen twice on Upper Red Lake, and now we had it at Lake of the Woods. Which lake is next? Stay off the ice until it's thick. I get it. You want to get your ice fishing in. But come on. But if we can, in bringing up another topic that we have talked about before, we're going to take a bath this year when it comes to the winter economy in this state. I mean, right now, will we even be able to have the winter carnival? I hope we can. But I get the strong impression that if you want to see the ice sculptures or you want to see the snow sculptures this year, you're going to need to get out there the day they are making them. Because I don't think they're going to be up more than one day. I mean, I went, remember this few years back they had it where it was like a bunch of blocks of ice on the ground. Not exactly the 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 the, the performance you're hoping for. As a matter of fact, if you look at January in the calendar, that's a picture from the St. Paul Winter Carnival last year. Last year was, I mean, it was we were lucky enough we had some cold weather. But I took that picture on, if I remember correctly, I took that picture early that week of the Winter Carnival. And then it was later that week, it got up to like 35, 40 degrees again. Clunk. <laughs> well, I better, I guess, that, I guess that's better than floating out to sea. But 
It's 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 this uh, this is crazy. And all you Republicans, you guys sit there and say, "There's no such thing as climate change." Dude, this is not affecting us. I mean, it's it's it is affecting us in the metro. I mean, obviously the pond hockey tournament, you're going to have, you know, the lope it if it gets canceled. Those are major things. But this is killing the small rural communities, especially in the northern part of the state, who, I mean, I know people that run resorts. I mean, the ice fishing business, now that they have these luxury ice houses, those things are, you're looking at some serious coin. And they're not, they're not going to have any of that. It, it, and I don't think they got boats in the water at this point. If we don't start addressing this, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's probably 10, 20 years before if, if we started addressing it as we should, it's going to get fixed. This has been, once again, just the wildest winter because we haven't had one. And sure, a, a scattering of snow here or there, that's not going to cut it. Not in this state. I mean, it's going to be a massive economic loss. Native Roots Radio is up next. We're back tomorrow. Till then, see ya.